10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the podcast from Doug Ground Up Productions with hosts Lady Miz and Ray. This, 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 this is a universal platform and there is nothing off limits. We talk about it all and we keep it real. This is a no judgment zone. So come, so as, you come as you are. If you are a professional, entertainer, author, comedian, entrepreneur, or just someone who wants to get something off their chest, well, let your voice be heard here on From the Ground Up Productions. Sponsorship and other opportunities are available from The Ground Up Productions. Turning nothing into something. There's only one way to go from here. Here And now, here are your hosts, Lady Miz and Ray. Yeah, yeah. What's good, people? What's good? It's your girl, Lady Miz. I'm here with my co-host. Y'all already know what it is. This is From the Ground Up Productions, and there is only one way to go from here, y'all. We are super, super, super excited because today we got one of the legendary MCs in the building. We got Mikey D on the set, y'all. So it's about to go down. I'm super excited about this. Um, Before we get into that interview, what we're going to do is we're going to play a quick commercial two commercials and then we're going to get into that interview but i just want to remind people again i'm your girl lady miss it's my co-host double r and this from the ground up productions is about interviewing entertainers legends entrepreneurs uh authors comedians you know what i mean so this platform is for all of those that's out there grinding and trying to get it together so if you one of those people make sure y'all hit us up to get on the show and for an interview in the meantime we're about to play a commercial for our roku channel and if you're a content creator you can get your content on our station so let's find out how that works are you a content creator do you make music videos, short films, documentaries, web series, kids shows, movies, stand-up comedy, visual podcast, educational shows, or sports? Are you a fitness instructor or gamer? Do you record church ceremonies or report news? If so, contact From the Ground Up Productions TV by email at FromTheGroundUpProductions at gmail.com. For more information on getting your content played on our network on Roku, where there are over 85 million viewers and growing. No more being limited or blocked on social media from the content you post and create. Get the freedom to be you without restrictions from controlled social media. And if you want to run your ads or sponsor our network, contact us now at fromtogroundupproductions at gmail.com to get started now. Yes, yes, yes. So if that's you, if you're a content creator, music videos, podcasts, uh, short films, movies, all of the above, make sure y'all hit us up because we got packages on deck for y'all, yo. And um, our next commercial we got, um, we have a peace mentoring where we offer workshop classes that teaches people about um, how to build your credit. It also teaches people how to start a podcast if you want to write your first book, etc. We're about to get into that. And this is called Peace Mentoring. Looking to learn something new? Well, you're one click away from taking that next step to be where you want to be. Book a private session or sign up for our workshop classes that teaches you how to build your credit, budget your money, artist development skills, start and grow a podcast, and the basic skills needed to write your first book. Act now. Go to PeaceMentoringLLC.com and sign up now. For private sessions, email us at peacementoringllc at gmail.com. Yes, yes, yes. So if you're trying to level up, holla at your girl. Peace mentoring on deck. Got so many things for the people out there for you to build. Um, and also if you got a passion and something that you want to do, 
We the ones that you want to come see because we got it ready for you. We got them packages and we got those workshops ready for y'all. So without further ado, we want to get right into this and welcome the one and only Mikey D to the show, y'all. Let's welcome Mikey D to the show. What's good, Mikey yeah. D? Yeah. What's, what's happening? What's happening? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> So listen, we are excited to have you to come back and, and do this interview with us. And again, we want to thank you again because we know you have the history of Mikey D, Pastor Torch. We know you got your platforms and we know you said this is it. All right? Ain't nobody yeah, getting yeah. another interview. Yeah. You already know. I, I, I couldn't say no to my sister, though, and my brother. You already know I had to give y'all the, the farewell interview, yes. you know, because from now on, you want to know about me, you're going to have to tune into. <laughs> That's right, the real Mike. We, you know it. We got it back into. That's what I'm talking about. Absolutely. <laughs> so y'all better tune in, and you doing it the right way. Uh, yep. And I, I listen. I respect that for sure. But we definitely appreciate you giving us another opportunity to uh, chop it up with you, and for us to go over again the history of Mikey D. And we're gonna oh, no get doubt. into a few things, you know. Um, but first, for anybody that don't know, why don't you tell them? a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the game. All right. Well, as you said at the intro, I'm Mikey D. Had to put the real in front of Mikey D because it used to be Playboy Mikey D, but I retired from the game and I'm happy now, you know. So I had to add the real because after me came a whole lot of fake Mikey D's. I was the <laughs> first. So I had okay. to put the real instead of, Playboy, but um, you know, I'm from I'm from Laurelton, Queens, New York, 220th and Merrick Boulevard originally. All um, right. you know, I started rapping back. It was between 79 and 81, somewhere in between there. Could have been 80 for all I know, but it was somewhere around there. My boy that lived next door to me, his name is D Money, who is gonna be on the show. Y'all will see him on the, the show. He um. He used to live in Harlem and his grandmother lived next door to me actually. And he used to visit his grandmother every summer. Okay. So he came down with some cassettes one summer and uh Grandmaster Kaz and Kumo D was rapping on this tape. And that's when I first got my first ear of what we now call hip hop. I fell in love with it. Okay. And it was off to the races after that, you know? So um, right. yeah, that's basically what happened in the beginning. Okay, so then, all right, so that's when you got your first your, your first taste of hip hop. You you felt that you wanted to get into that. So yeah. like, so you started out doing this. Who what came first as far as the group that you uh was it the clientele brothers or was it the Grandmaster Three MCs? Like, which one of these groups come first as far as what you, who you started dealing with? Well, the Grandmaster Three was my first group because that that crew right there consisted of. D Money, who had the cassettes, myself, Lovable Little B, and my man DJ Johnny Quest. We used to all go to my man Dave Moore's house and, and make cassettes and all of that. You know, we used to try to, you know, emulate what we was hearing on the tapes. And the clientele brothers, these brothers were like a well-established group already in Queens. You had like Rappomatical, you had clientele brothers, Professional Five. So... Okay. Those types of groups were the equivalent in Queens to Cold Crush in the Bronx. So us coming up under them, we used to look up to and admire these dudes. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, they 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 were the the, the original legends. Got you, got you. Okay, all right. Let me shout out uh Karen on the check-in, and I see Eddie OJ, I see Al Mosley, and and let me shout out. Cut a cow back there. We don't see you, but we know you there, brother. So oh. big up to you. Yeah, you yeah. Cow cutter, yes. cow cutter is definitely here. You he know, yo. Matter of fact, this 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 setup is in Cow Cutter's crib, so we can't kick him out of his own crib. <laughs> we, we know you there, Cow Cutter. Big shout out to Mom Duke to the check in. We see you, Gloria. <laughs> so all right. So listen, be, before you got down with um, so uh, the first group was the Grandmaster Three MCs. Were you right. kind of like doing your own solo thing? First, before you kind of like, or did you decide like I'm, I'm rapping and I'm gonna get down like you know in this group? Well, I it was before I even went solo. It was it was always a group thing. Like I started with Grandmaster Three, and then it was um the L.A. Rap Masters. L.A. stands for Laurelton, 
And then it was uh, the Phenomenal Four. Actually, it was the Money Making Three before the Phenomenal Four, and then it was the Phenomenal Four. And when I was down with the Phenomenal Four, that's when I had the honor of being put down with the clientele brothers, man. That was like the highlight of of my career as as a young dude, you know, because all of the all of my other peers that the groups that I was in, they were so happy because it was like, yo, he he made it, he's big time, clientele right, right, brothers, right. you know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's how that went. So everybody on the group kind of rapped or did they play different roles? Well, in each one of my groups, um, it, everybody always rapped. And Johnny Quest and myself, you know, he he always DJed for, for each one of those crews that I was with. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, um, yeah, he was the DJ, but everybody else rapped. Yo, okay. Had, All right. Up. So let oh, me yeah. ask you this, because I know like some people, a lot of artists don't know. Do you always got your own DJ on set when you when you're doing your thing? And do you still have him as your DJ? Well, with with Johnny Quest and myself, we was we were always like like the dynamic duo. You know, we were the two little dudes. We lived on the same block. You know, we started the same day and stuff like that. And um, you know, after after a while, we kind of went our separate ways. It was never no beef or nothing like that. It's just okay. Quest was into one thing I was into another and you know we just you know that's still my man and all of that don't get it twisted but um you know uh the only other DJ I ever rocked with was DJ Mercury you know what I'm saying and um that's how that was because I, I wasn't really used to this this new era with the with the uh with the uh flash drives and all of that I'm mm -hmm. I'm I'm a park jam dude you right, know what right, I mean? Right, so right, I'm right. used to having a DJ on the ones and the twos, you know. So, um, you know, that's how that went. Even when I was down with Main Source, look, we had two DJs, K-Cut right. and Sir Scratch, you know. So I always had a DJ because I'm from that era, you know what Absolutely. I mean? So, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, that's right. And um, and which is the, the they call it the real hip-hop era, that it's boom that, bap, you know what I'm that, saying? That, that, that that's what school. it is, you know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> Facts. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So um big shout out to Monique Parker on the check-in. I see you, Mama. Yeah, I'm glad you made it. I'm gonna say because you, you made a statement that most a lot of people don't know about real hip hop starting out in the park. You know, mm, hip hop so, starting yeah, out in the park. Yeah, hey. yeah, 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 yeah. No doubt. Well, me, I started out on the sun porch, you know, making <laughs> cassette tapes. The, I, the first show that I did wasn't really a show. This is when we used to have the you know, the basement parties when people's parents used to go away and they used to make the little the, the little invites on the index cards and all of that, you know. So I'm rapping in the basement. I thought I was the man, you know. Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, one time we did the, when I was with the clientele brothers, they used to perform at this spot called the Racket Club. It was the tennis courts on Springfield Boulevard. Mm -hmm. When I was able to rock there, that was like the highlight. This was, yo, woo, I, man, let's get into it. Okay, all right. <laughs> and listen, and you're still doing that because you rap, you are extremely bar heavy. You know what I mean? Like your lyrics is super dope. You got, you know, your content, your your metaphors, all of that is always on point. Um, so let me ask you this. Um, as far as uh, as far as the battle rap was concerned, like what was your relationship with LL Cool J? Well. LL and me, we used to we used to be real close. We used to run, we used to run together. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's it's for my man Dave Molicio and and Melo C, which was Cool J's partner. Mm -hmm. They kind of had this little discrepancy against each other, saying who was better? Was it, you know, Jay Ski or was it Mikey D? And mind you, Jay Ski and me, we haven't met yet. You know, so they had this argument. So they wound up bringing us together to, 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 you know, work it out, you know what I'm saying? Lyrically. And, um, what wound up happening was we, we got close because we were both impressed off of how similar we sounded to each other, you know, two okay. young dudes with the, with the similar cadence and, you know, the growl and the aggressiveness. And it was just crazy. So, you know, um, you know, we started hanging out a lot. He used to come around the way. Actually, I told Eddie OJ and them, that uh cool j was my cousin or something like that when i first introduced him to them you know what i mean but um okay. yeah we used to run together and just 
just just rock it out. You know what I'm saying? We we never battled each other, but mm. he would always let me battle whoever. He never really had to battle like that because that was my thing. He used to push me out there to do it, you know. But yeah, yeah, my relationship with L is 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 real tight one now. I mean, we went this way because uh -huh. of, uh, you know, because like I said, we uh, the similarities in our style. Right. You know, when he came out on records, he came out first. So people thought that was me on those records. And then it came to a point to whereas people in the hood was like, yo, he stole your style and ran with it. And then even when I would rap, people used to think that I was trying to sound like him. So mm. that kind of drifted us apart because you know I was I was I was in those streets you know what I'm saying right. I was drinking 40s so that was the extra battery in my back and you know I just got tired of people saying that I was biting his style and just that and the other so you know that's that's yeah. how we drifted this way but as we grew up and I took those blindfolds off my eyes now we're back like this you know what I mean and I could admit when I'm wrong you know what I'm saying because uh yeah a lot of that I I kind of I, I used to like being respected for the controversy, but now I like to be respected for my honesty. You know what yes. I'm saying? Because I'm grown yes. now. I didn't know better then. So that's that's what that's all about. It's all love now. Listen, I, I totally respect you. And I and I actually heard this story before. Um, um, I, it might have been when, when you spoke with us. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, the thing is, like, I... To be able to say that, because I know a lot of people ask you, what happened with you and LL Cool J? And I also hear other people say, well, you know, they not they not totally feeling LL because they think that he should have embraced you a little bit more or uh, did more things that they feel that he should not have done or whatever, if I'm even saying that right, because I don't want to put nothing out there that's incorrect. But um what I see from you is you, you, you are so much mature and like you really on your grown man shit. You know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. to be able to say, look, I know what I did and this, and that's still my brother and you move forward. That is a beautiful thing. It says yeah. a lot about your character. Well, to be honest with you, um, you know, to, 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 to make things clear to those that thought he should have did more. He actually tried to help me out two times. You know what I'm saying? It was wow. me who declined both times. You know what I'm saying? The first time when he came around with the Def Jam contract saying that we could be the next run DMC, I didn't believe him. Plus, to be honest with you, that wasn't really my thing to be on that caliber. Okay. Like I said, I, I just wanted to be nice in the hood. Plus, even if I wanted to be on that caliber, I wasn't ready. You know what I mean? I wasn't disciplined. Mm -hmm. Right, I wanted right. to do other things. I just got my freedom from being on punishment at 17 years old and 16 mm. being on punishment at my Nana in the house, you know? So I finally got my freedom. So LL, when he got his deal, he did whatever it took to get to that next, whatever it took to get to that next level. You know what I right, mean? He was, right. he, he knew what he wanted. Where he is now is where he wanted to be then. That's not where I wanted to be. And a lot of people always say, like, when they find out that I know LL, like, for instance, I was at work the other day and L called my phone, you know, because we talk. Mm -hmm. And for people to be like, you know, LL, what are you doing here? Uh, this is where I'm supposed to be. You know what I mean? Right. Because if I really wanted to be where L is at, I would have put my energy into being there. You know mm, what I'm saying? So absolutely. it's not his fault that I'm not there. It's all on me. And I'm happy. That's the whole thing. People don't understand. I'm actually happy. Like, that, that's, come on. That, Money listen. ain't everything, you know? Amen. I got to Listen, you are spitting some truth right there. I hear you. It's so crazy because... I'm so glad you said what you said, because a lot of times people base their worth and their success off of what they think everybody else think it should be. Yep. You understand? So for right. you to say, I'm happy. This is I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing at the time I'm supposed to be doing it. When it was meant for me to for it to happen, that right there speaks so much volume, yo. So shout out to you for that. I'm telling you, 
I absolutely love that. And a lot of people need to take heed to what you just said, because sometimes people can get in a certain mindset of, of not even feeling good about themselves based off of somebody else's opinion or what they right. think success is. So absolutely, I, I love it. And you know what? When people say to me, if I was you, I would have did this. No, you wouldn't have. Yeah, yeah. If you was me, you would have did the same did exact same thing. thing I That's did. right. Because you'd That's be right. me. That's All right. right. So, yeah, I don't. I don't let that. It, I it, love it. It used. It used to bother me when I was younger, but now it's like it's water under the bridge, man. Because you don't know what I've been through, where I am right now, and how. I elevated from where I was to where I am right now. This is a success all in itself. Absolutely. You know what I mean? If people only knew. So I'm proud of me and I just want everybody else to be proud of me, like my family. That's Listen, it. we proud of you. I'm giving you the claps. We definitely proud of you. I want to tell you this because when uh, when we met you personally, that was at Springfield's Park, uh, the, yeah. the first time we met. And you was extremely humble. Okay, yep. extremely humble, mad, cool, and down to earth, and everything. And I'm gonna say this because you mentioned drinking, right? Yeah. And so everybody was walking around with their beer and mm -hmm. 22. I don't know if mm -hmm. they still had the 40s, right? But everybody yeah, yeah. had they, even me. I did I even have something? I don't even yeah. know. I think I had a little something too, right? But the one thing that I seen that you had was water. Yeah. You understand? I said. Yo, it made me look really twice like, oh, shit, like, and I, I look like I looked at your skin. It was good. You know what I mean? Like you could tell that you were in shape and you were taking care of your temple and your body. Right. So yeah. that's, talk to me about how did you get to that point? Because there was a point that you said where you was going through something with drinking and stuff like that. And you made a total transition. How did you get there? Yeah, well, what happened is um, I was going through that uh, uh, time. Well, put it this way. From teenagers, you know, growing up in the 80s and all of that, you know, that was the thing to do. You know, I wasn't really like a, a, a liquor drinker. I couldn't do the Hennessy and all of that stuff because it, it was just too much for me. But I could drink a lot of beer. So, you know, 40s and all of that, that was just the cool thing to do, you know. Um, but as I as I grew older... I was drinking more and more and it was I was making like bad choices and bad decisions and just doing things that you do when you're drunk, you know. Um luckily I've never gotten to any accidents, I never hurt anybody, you know what I'm saying? Um so it just it came to a point to whereas like when it got real bad is when when my dad, you know, when he passed away. It was like I was already drinking because I was drinking with my pops, you know, all of them. And we was having fun, you know. But when he passed away, he he was on his deathbed, you know, and and he was holding my hands. Actually, my brother was in the room as well. My brother Supreme. We were both in the room with him and he died with his eyes open. Mm -hmm. Like he took his last breath and he was looking at his sons and his eyes was open. So that. It, I couldn't sleep after that because every time I tried to sleep, that's what I would see. So wow. living in living in Queens, right around, you know, you got the bodegas, 24-hour bodegas. Mm -hmm. So right around the corner from the house, I lived on 220th, on 219th, and Merrick, there was the bodega. So I used to walk around the corner late night, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and just get me a big... 22 ounce can or whatever the big cans that they had and i used to drink it now mind you at the same time this happened i was working at kennedy airport so i had to be to work at eight o'clock in the morning but i was drinking until like three o'clock in the morning you know four o'clock in the morning get a mm -hmm. few z's you know wake up clean up and all of that think i'm smelling good or whatever but you know it's coming through the pause you know right, people right. at work noticed it my, my my attitude wasn't that much off but i was coming to work hung over every day you know okay. what i mean okay. and then you know i i went through a thing where i broke up with 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 my daughter's mother I, you know i was tired of that situation over there mm -hmm. you know then i got involved with somebody else I think it was too quick and she was even worse, 
You know what I mean? So now, you know, after I left her alone, I started drinking more and my father and I'm drinking. I lost the job. Then then I caught a DWI. When I caught the DWI, that was like, damn, now, you know, I'm feeling a little crazy, you know, because like, damn, I had to go to the programs and all of this to try to get my license reinstated because my license mm-hmm. had gotten revoked, but I was still drinking. I'd go to the damn programs and have a little sip of something, a beer wow. or something before I go in there. It'd be a wine cooler, thinking the wine cooler make, you know, the smell difference or whatever. You know what I mean? So okay. it just started getting real bad, man. And then I, I went through this, this period of where I, I was kind of depressed, where I couldn't even... I didn't want to get out of bed. I just stayed in the bed and I'm watching TV. I don't know if it was um, like panic attacks or or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it was just crazy. And then when I finally pulled myself out the bed, the first place I went to was the store to get just drink, just drink. But then um, my homegirl Libby from upstate, you know, I, I, you know, messing around with her one day, you know, talking, I'm asking her to introduce me to a friend. You live upstate. You know, you got any friends. <laughs> you know, just talking this junk, whatever. I, I didn't know she was going to introduce me to somebody for real. And the person that she introduced me to, she was kind of feeling me, you know. So I was like, oh, okay. So I went upstate to, to, to visit, you know, and, and things was cool. We hit it off and everything was was cool, you know. So now I'm starting to dig this girl, but I'm still drinking, but not as much because I, I I really wanted to see her instead of partying and drinking. I, I'd rather nice. go see her. So I started spending more and more time upstate and, you know, things started getting more serious between us two. You know, I, I fell in love, you know, and I had a decision to make. Now, mind you, I went through the, I went through the, the, the programs. I went through the, the, the the Bible and you know searching for God and all of this to help me and praying and the thing that made me stop drinking was falling in love because the choice that I had to make was you can either keep this woman right here or you could f it all up by doing what you're doing mm. and you know what I did what's when that I thought about that and this was September third or October third. 2012, I stopped smoking cigarettes. I stopped drinking cold turkey. Oh, never turned back then. And we've been together ever since. And she is the one that I changed my life for. Wow. Wow. Shout out to her. That's a beautiful thing. That is a beautiful thing that God sent somebody like that in your life. Um, because it, it helped you make a change and better for, for yourself. You know what I mean? Right. So that's right. a beautiful thing. That is beautiful. So listen, that's good because a lot of people can um can learn from that. And maybe y'all need to get y'all a start and get y'all a boo thing. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> Save you know. your life, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so let me uh switch speeds on you uh, a little bit. Talk, you had uh you had did you get an offer or a deal from Russell Simmons? Well, what it was was one day I was I was sitting in in the apartment when, when I used to live in Rochdale and we got this crazy phone call, okay. you know, and it was Russell Simmons on the other line, and he asked me if I could come down to the office. Heck yeah, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, I could yes. come down there. So I think me and my man KCB went down there, whatever. And um, I'm not sure if we were talking to Leo Cohen's, but I, I remember trying to find. You know, it was on Bleecker or something. Bleecker in Houston, where Def Jam was at. And, um, you know, we drank some beers on the way down there. In Manhattan? Yeah, in Manhattan. It was in Manhattan. And um, so, you know, the way that they was talking, it just kind of, it just rubbed me wrong. Russell wasn't even there. It was like, you called my phone, but Leo, we went and saw Leo. And I just felt that, because I sounded like so much like L since we had that in common mm-hmm. that they were trying to maybe get me on the label to just make me wait. You know what I'm saying? Because back then that's when the labels used to, if if somebody was hot at the time it and their fire started going out, they put another artist out that sounds like them. No, oh, that mm. sounds like, you know, okay. look, they even did it. With, look, look, look at Biggie and Shine. Yep. 
You know what yep. I'm saying? Yep. That's so, yes, absolutely. So, I remember when I heard, I was like, yeah, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, yo, they're going to, they're going to shelf me. And, and plus at that time, I may have been the only rapper that would have been able to deal with L if it came down to battling, you know what I okay. mean? Or really, and come on, Def Jam doesn't want that. Def Jam, they have to pr protect their investment. You know what I mean? And L was Absolutely. really doing things. Now, if I would have signed with them and they would have shelved me and waiting for his fire to go out, mm -hmm. his fire never went out. He's yeah, still yeah. burning it up. You know what I'm saying? So I'd have still been waiting, you know? So, and plus I wasn't that hungry. You know what I'm saying? I just, everything that happened, it was just fun to, to me. Like, yo, this bugged out. Let's see what, 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 what could go down or, you know, let's wasn't planned. None of this stuff was planned. Now mm. I got a I got a question for you. I know you said you 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 and L still talk. Did you ever think about actually doing a song together? Yeah, we always say when time is right. See, with L, I don't want it to be I don't want it to be a thing where people think I'm riding his coattail. Like I'm doing things, and L offers an extent. He extends his hand for 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 help. I don't, I, I want to show people, especially him, how serious I am now yes. and doing it on my own before I reach out for the help. So with L, it's always about the time being right, because there's no expiration date on our talent. So At if it amen. takes another 10 years from now, it's going to be dope, whatever we do. But I think right now the timing just isn't right. I, I just got to do a little more. And I want it to be something, you know, where we can both, you know, benefit from it. Because right now, I have everything to gain, right? He has everything yeah. to lose. I want it to be evens where we're, we're, we're both popping and... Let's make well, this happen now. What do you mean? What do you mean by that statement? Um, he has everything to lose. Well, big shout out to Lady Z in California. We see you, Callie and TT, check on the check-in. Um, just wanted to shout them out real quick. What do you mean he has everything to lose? What, what where's that statement like, coming from? He's doing so much. He's doing so much. You know what I mean? And I don't want to be that thing, that 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 project that puts a damper on whatever he's doing. I want to make sure it is right. That's why Calcutta and people that deal with me know I'm very strategic and timing is everything to me. I don't want to rush things or none of that. So I just don't think right now is the right time as, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. And we we talked we talked about it and um you know and, and and I'm not I'm not jumping I'm not jumping the gun. I I just think you know he's he's doing so much like so much and i wanted to to be something that can add to what he's doing you know what i'm saying i want to I, I got I that, that yeah. that's got that's it. just me you know well i'm gonna tell you like this i think that uh it will be added no matter what time you do it i understand why you feel the way you do we see you out there grinding hard doing big things definitely making an impact um we you got several um articles written up on you that we came across with um on um yahoo articles and different things like that yeah. i mean do yeah. you're you're doing so much you know what i mean this is the source y'all see that up here the source he got an article with the source he got another article y'all see the news for yahoo and and so much like and those are just a few of them and you also have um your own podcast which is in the back you got the well i don't I don't want to say if it's a podcast, correct me if I'm wrong, but the real right. Mikey D history where you tell everybody the history about what you have going on. And on top of that, like you got hit records, you have records that, you know what I mean? Like, so listen, you, you definitely, 
I, in my opinion, and it's just my opinion, and I totally respect yours. I think that any time that you do it, you will always be adding value to it, no matter what the situation is, because you are doing great things. And what I love so much about you is that you are doing great things and you're a humble person while you're doing it. You know what I mean? So right, definitely you. got a shout out to you for that. Dropping a bomb you. on you for that. You're doing a, a lot of great things, and we appreciate that. Um, you got a joint with cannabis, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my man. Yeah. All right. So I had so, to do that. Talk, it was only right. Yes. Yes. How did that come about? With cannabis? Yeah. Um, uh, my my um manager, God rest his soul, um, Ed Woods, and can cannabis's manager at the time, my man Mike Dobbins. You know, they 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 were close friends and you know, uh, me and Ed Woods was talking and he was telling me how Mike, and I know Mike too, cause we used to go to school together, you know? And um, they, he was wait, telling wait, me- Wait, who's I, Mike? Who's Mike? Mike Dobbins is, is um, he was cannabis's manager at the time. Oh, okay. All and right. he was also a college mate of my manager, Ed Woods. And I went to school with Mike, you know? So it, it's, it's like a small circle. I didn't know him like that, but you know, it's a small circle. Right. And he, um, when, when Ed Woods told me that he was managing cannabis, I always thought cannabis reminded me of me in my younger days. And I always respected his flow. And I was like, yo, it'd be dope if we could do a joint together. Could you make that happen? And, you know, they, they made that happen. Me and cannabis, once we connected, it was just like instant, you know what I mean? And, um, We've been cool ever since. And this was a couple of years in the making, you know, it's just, yeah. we had to wait until time allowed for both of us, but we made it happen. You know, Doom shot the video. We went out to DC to, to, to see cannabis and um, yeah, it was, it's a wonderful thing, you know, but I always, I, that, when cannabis first hit the scene, I was like, damn, he remind me of a younger me, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I always had that respect for him. Well, that joint is dope. Guys, if y'all have not seen it, make sure y'all go over there and check it out. It's called Back to Back. Um, super, super, super dope. Go make sure y'all cop that. You know what I mean? Because it's on all platforms, correct? Is it on your... Hold up, hold up, hold up. Let's backtrack. Do you got uh, a distribution company? Yeah, actually, we do. We have a distribution company called Pass the Torch Distribution. Right. You know, it's through um, Who Mag Multimedia hooked us up with, you know, Sony the Orchid. And um, yeah, so we don't have any artists on it yet because we still trying to navigate our way through to figure out everything. So I'm using my own material as the guinea pig, you know what I mean? So, cause I don't want to deal with artists and, and, and things go wrong, you know what I mean? I know how it is dealing with artists and dealing with money and all I don't want to get involved with that until we know how to properly navigate. Got you. Got oh, you. Okay. So, but, but people at least continue to put it out there and let them know that eventually you will be um, oh, yeah. uh, uh, taking uh, artists and stuff like that. That's great. And that's called pass the torch. Y'all. So make sure that yeah, pass the torch. Yes. Keep out, uh, keep an eye out for that. Most definitely. Um, did you have any type of, I would say, any type of legal issues or and did you come across anything like that with any bad contracts or anything like that that was presented to you? Um, one of the only legal issue that I had was was with, um, I think it's when we was with Sleeping Bag Records and again, you know, Def Jam, you know, at the time, Sleeping Bag was one of the biggest independent labels back then, along with Def Jam. But then, you know, Def Jam got uh got under the umbrella of Columbia. So they had they had the the, the major machine behind them. And we were on Sleeping Bag. So remember back then the name of the group was Mikey D and the LA Posse. Okay. And then there was another LA Posse that came onto the scene in the in the mid-80s, but they were from the West Coast. And they happened to uh, produce a lot of LL's records and, you know, other artists as well. So they they were down with that Def Jam thing. And um, I believe that they, Def Jam wanted Sleeping Bag 
to make us drop our name and we wasn't with it. And, you know, they, they wanted to have a lawsuit, this, that, the other. And because sleeping bag was independent, you know, that money wasn't as long as Columbia's money. So they wasn't willing to fight, you know, and me and quest was like, well, this is just bull crap. We're not dropping our name because nah, that's us. You know, LA Posse is for Laurelton. You know, that's our crew. We was here first. Mm-hmm. We're not dropping the name. And then this this was in late 88. And then when 89 came around, we were in the process of recording our album. And unfortunately, Paul C, a major part of our crew, he wound up getting murdered. And that just that was it for us, man. We left sleeping bag alone. Y'all can have the name, whatever. We out of here. And, you know, so that 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 was the only thing, you know, as far as the other contracts back then, you know, these were standard contracts at the time. We didn't know anything about publishing or none of that stuff. You know what I mean? So everybody was getting robbed back then. I mean, we were on sleeping bag records and these guys had 100 percent of our publishing. That's because mm. we didn't know any better. You know, all we were getting was writers and then the manager was getting the percentage of the writers. So it was like, you know. Yeah, all, all of those standard contracts back then were just, you know, bullcrap. And at the time, you know, it really didn't matter to us. I just wanted to be heard on the radio. Like, you know, right. we did the park thing. We did the, the best in the hood. Now we could be on the radio. I'm still not thinking about no money because that's not, you know, we, we're not worried about all of that. But, you know, all of the artists was getting jerked back then, man. They was taking your publishing. Absolutely. It's it's crazy because they were thinking about the money. I was just about to say that. But they knew about it. You know, we we didn't know about none of that stuff. We didn't care. We just, we like, yo, we got a record out? All right. We heard on the radio. And I still wanted to battle everybody, man. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. He said, and I'm still with the shits. What's good? Yeah, that's it. You ain't never heard me make, I never tried to make a commercial record. They'll tell you that. That's right. Even when I got with Main Source, I wasn't with the commercial aspect of things. I just wanted to be nice. Yes, yes, yes. You know what? It's so crazy because, well, well, one, um, when you when you talk about that, you just even wanted the battle, and even when LL was doing his thing, and you was like, nah, this is just my route, the the route that I want to take, because that's the element that you feel more comfortable in, and that's what you like, right? And and then when you talk about the contract, though, and the publishing, see, people are still getting jerked to this day, but the thing is, when you say, well, we just was just happy, right? That's your passion. You passion. You love what you do, but there's always somebody in the back that's going to get paid. Why not let it be you? Because that's your work. That's your art. You understand right. that you create. So yeah, people, they helping. Everybody want to eat. But at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Like they, the, the vultures, you know what I mean? That's yeah. coming out the woodworks, you know, it's not fair. It's not fair to the people who's getting giving their blood, sweat, and tears in this industry. That's work. Absolutely. So, yeah. um... You when, ever, I got, you ever thought about trying to get part of your publishing back from all of that stuff you did back then, or you just said, "Fuck it, it's that was what it was." You know what? I, some of it I actually took back because, you know, once you know, I didn't have to do the Suge Knight thing because remember, once the technology age came out, vinyl was out the window, so you got that on vinyl, but now we're dealing with CDs and MP3s and streams. So this wasn't in the contract. This is brand new territories now. Oh, You see what I'm saying? So you can't come after me for my own stuff now because this wasn't in the contract. Mm, Okay. Okay. (laughs) There it is. Who would have known that records would go out and CDs would go out, physical things would go out in this, this technology, this digital you know, went from analog to digital. Yep. That was never in the contract because they didn't know this was coming. Mm. See what I'm saying? Mm. So you re-release it, you repackage it, you own all of the rights. All right. That's what I'm talking about. Get it, get it, get it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, what do you think about hip hop today? It's 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 always evolving, you know. Um I love it. I, I still love it. I love the growth. Uh, 
it's um you know it it, it grew into this wonderful tree it i think hip-hop is so big right now it could be categorized like you know you can have different categories for it you got trap you got you know you got drill and you it could be different categories and um because there's something for everybody it's, absolutely people say it changed stop being lazy dig like the djs used to dig in the crates for beats you gotta your type of stuff is out there you gotta just know where to look for it you know what i'm saying you got cats like az that just dropped a new album that's banging like i'm working on an album right now called reignited and this is for people 40 and over that you know because the younger generation that people my age so-called hate so much them younger people got parents that love what I do. So I got to, you know what I'm saying? I got to put it on Y'all for the parents. All right? So, yo, you, you ain't got to listen, shorty. But get that to your mom and dad. They know what yeah, time it is. Yeah, there it is. Because I look, I look, what they're doing, I, I could do this. You know what yes. I mean? I could do it. I could write it for somebody else to do. But I look silly being 54 years old trying to compete with a teenager. I look silly doing that. You know what I mean? I'm supposed to lead by example, not you follow. You know what I mean? Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I, I love, I love, I love what it's evolved into. I just wish, you know, some of the, the legends and the, the, the originators had a, a tighter grip on it, like owned more because you know the, the you know the, the 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 industry, the the corporate right. came in and, and they just stripped everything from the originators man and all there you go you know that's the only thing i'm mad at the corporation the machine more than i am of the actual culture you see what i'm saying but you, so you said bad. something if you know that mm. about the today's hip-hop from our our generation of hip-hop the i would say the biggest changes like you said the djs used to look and find the good yes. music the laziness, I would say, starts more with the DJs than the people who are actually listening because they no longer do that. Right, they but we can't we can't really blame the DJ because technology kind of phased the live DJ out with the technology, right. like record shops. You know, there's remember there were record shops all over. Absolutely, right? we don't have those anymore. Everything right. is on the computer, and you know, me, it's just. Let me clarify myself more when I say that. The DJs in the clubs, because now they play only what they hear on what, what people like or they know for sure that's, like you said, well, corporate that's... controls. And then now the, the, the DJs who are actually in the clubs don't even try to find or even play somebody that may, somebody might not know of, you know? Well, that's because, see, the, the, the DJs in the club, they got a job to do, and that's to keep the crowd happy. So they're going to play whatever is popular at the time. That's why it's called pop music. And today's hip hop is more of a vibe anyway. It's not about the it skills is. anymore because they just want to go out and have fun. They don't want to pay attention to what's going on, you know, in the rhymes. They just want to vibe out and be able to sing a hook and just that's it. So, you know, we all got to take responsibility for it. Absolutely. And, and, you know. That's you know you know how it goes, bro. Absolutely. Yeah, well, yeah. What I love is that you know also a part of uh pass the torch when you was thinking about that and when you was creating it, it was also to bridge the gap, correct? Absolutely, because okay. like I said, you know the the younger the younger artists can learn from older artists' mistakes, and we can learn from younger artists how to uh navigate through this age that we're in right now and the bottom line is the main word is respect if we could just respect each other and and coexist yeah without the old school new school crap we'd be dope absolutely yep. absolutely you know? um who are you listening to like who uh, besides, uh, I'm not even gonna say besides yourself. If it's you, then say it. it's just me. Who you listening to, and who's like, who you? I'm a plumber. Play this. This is who I'm listening to on a well, regular I, basis. I still listen to. I still listen to kind of classic artists. Like I listen to Luda. You know, I, I definitely listen to Eminem. 
But I, I got to check my man R.J. Payne out. R.J. Payne is a beast. You know, I love all the Black mm -hmm. Thought stuff. Um, I listen to Benny Butcher and them. Um, it's a lot of cats from, you You already know, Newberg is a lot of cats right. that's getting busy out oh, here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm listening to Swayze five. and all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but right now, you know, I'm not really tuned in because like I said, I'm about to, do the 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 reignited and I usually when I'm in creative mode I don't listen to anything because I don't want to get caught up in a cadence or anything that sounds familiar you know gotcha. but um other than that yeah I listen to you know some of the old artists the southern artists and you got to check out some of those cats from England too these brothers is nasty mm, okay I'm 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 terrible with names though I'm gonna send yeah. you some links. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, send, send it, send it to yeah. us. <laughs> Definitely. So, um, um, what was I going to say? Is there anything that we didn't ask you that you want people to know that you're doing or anything about you? Well, I definitely wanted to break down this, this Mikey D, you know, the real Mikey D history. That's history is in his story. Yes. I created this platform because... I wanted to tell my story mm -hmm. and I wanted the people that are a part of my story to participate in the show. So okay. instead of me just getting these people to co-sign what I'm saying, I like to flip it and kind of, I tell the story of how we're connected. Mm -hmm. Then I bring them on the show and I interview them because I need the people to know why these people inspiring me and what these people are up to because they are still here why can't we give them their flowers while they're still here absolutely so that's what this show is all about it's everybody that i've come in contact with along my journey you know what i'm saying so it's y'all are in for a hell of a ride trust me when can people catch this show and how can they tune in we are going to start dropping episodes actually next sunday you can see us every sunday 7 p.m eastern time on my youtube channel which is the real mikey d you could catch it on the website which is the real you can catch it on roku and you can catch it on apple tv and you can also catch it on who mag multimedia app which is a which is a phone app and then whomagtv.com you can catch it on that too so every sunday at so 7 it's the real eastern the youtube is the real mikey d yes okay the real mikey d and that is the same name for every single platform that you mentioned yeah Okay, great, 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 guys. So make sure, if y'all haven't already, make sure y'all check that out. For those who might just be listening to this, okay, the real, the, is it the? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? Hold on. The, the, the YouTube tag might be um, YouTube slash Mikey Destruction. But if you go on YouTube and you type in the real Mikey D, then the page will come up. Okay, okay. all right. Yeah, I think it's going to be Mikey Destruction. Is let me double check. I'm gonna have to yeah, send yeah, that yeah. to you. <laughs> but I know when you go on YouTube, it's the real Mikey D. Okay, the real Mikey D. All right, that's that's what we want people to know. The real Mikey D. All one word, right? Nah, it's it's just like it is on on this right here. All right. Yes. Okay. All right, y'all. So that's T H E. R-E-A-L-M-I-K-E-Y-D. Search that everywhere. This brother got so much going on. So if you put his name in, everything is going to pop up. Okay? So you already know what it is. <laughs> um, yeah. You, you, again, I, we thanking you so much for coming on here. Wait, but you also got, you're doing something called We we Outside, right? We out oh. here, we outside. Talk to us about, you ain't even tell us about that one. You know what? That was Calcutta's idea. He he just <laughs> did one of these and said, you're going to do, we're outside because, you know. But now what it is, is, you know, Calcutta always walks around with that camera. And, um, you know, every time we go out, we, we, we see different people and 
the conversations that the people and I have, uh-huh. he'd be like, yo, you should have had that on tape or you should have, you know what I mean? So Absolutely. he came up with, with the we outside and, you know, we, we just been, we just been doing it and it's been working pretty cool too. All right, you bring know, that back up. Bring that back up. I want I want the people to see Mikey D and his brother Cal Cutter on the scene. Y'all see Cal right there with the microphone in front of him and the headphones. So it's dope that y'all got a a, a nice team um, working together. And I think that's a beautiful thing because that is how you elevate and elevate when you got good people around you um with good good character you know what i'm right. saying and that that so that's dope it's, it's nice that he had you in the chokehold and said we're gonna do Yo, this he had me in the chokehold <laughs> for real one more, one more thing to talk about too your hat you, you can put the shameless plug on it we rocking it right now too <laughs> oh number one Num- That's right. <laughs> yeah number one draft pick al right. mostly big supreme <laughs> Come on, y'all know what it is already. N1DP.com. They got the kicks coming out. I'm ready to get my ring. Come on. <laughs> Number one draft pick. Y'all know what it is already. Number one. My man Ray Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And y'all can catch that video too on YouTube. So make sure y'all check it out. Um Mikey D, this is my last question for you, and then we're going to let you go and get up out of here. Um, what advice would you give to upcoming artists based off of the experience that you had in the industry? Be yourself. And always remember, integrity over talent. Mm. See, because with me, my integrity outweighs my talent. You know what I mean? There's just certain things that I'm not going to do. So just be yourself. Listen to yourself. Don't let others pull you in too many different directions. Because once you have an idea and somebody else adds their idea and somebody else adds this, it's, it's all over the place and you can't focus. You know, and the name of the game is show business. So make sure you show business at all times. You know what yeah. I mean? And like All I right. said, just stay true to yourself and watch out for those those culture vultures because they <laughs> they out there. They out there. All right. Y'all heard him. Make sure y'all pay heat. Pay attention to what he just said because um, I think that is so important. A lot of people lose their selves in the mix of trying to get into this industry, trying to fit in, trying to be what somebody says that sh- they should be, how they should look and all of that. So Shout out to you for staying true to yourself. And we totally, totally respect you and everything that you have done for hip hop, for us and the whole nine yards and how you're continuing to bless us with everything that you're doing from the Pastor Torch, We Outside, Mikey D's history, and still giving us great music. Keep doing your thing, brother. Big shout out to Kyle Cutter in the back. We see you. We appreciate you too, bro. If anybody's out there that needs some um, videos, some some pictures and all of that, that's the man you want to see. He is a dope photographer. And yeah, he aight. He aight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I... Can, <laughs> can I make a couple of shout outs before absolutely, we leave? Absolutely, absolutely. I got to give a special shout out to Mark the 40 Killer and his mom, Sandy, because I haven't seen her in so long. I just wanted to say, I know you watch mine. I love you. Oh. I want to give a special shout out to Eddie OJ's dad, Harold Williamson, man from the Wandering Souls. That is my main man right there. I want to give a shout out to my niece, Ming Ming. I want to give a shout out to my daughter, Shandea, and my two wonderful grandchildren, Tori and Taj. Love all, all of y'all. Right. All right, y'all heard it. Shout out to all of y'all. That's right. Big up, big up to all of y'all. Yes, yes, yes. Listen. And Calcutta's mom. Mom, we love you. <laughs> Dropping the bomb for mom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, again, we thank you so much. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to to get you back on the show and for giving us the opportunity before you said that's it, pulling a plug on anybody else. You know what I'm saying? So we so glad. Yes, we so glad that you gave us that. And um, listen, guys, this is from the Ground Up Productions. Y'all already know there's only one way to go from here. And we will see you on 
What's today? Monday. We'll see y'all on Monday. Mikey D, thanks so much. We'll see you next Anytime. time. Okay, brother. Well, listen, keep us posted with your show because we definitely want to, you know, see everything that's going on. When you drop stuff, please let us know. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. You're part, y'all are a part of my history. So uh yes, I'm gonna need yes. that interview. All right, you already know. You listen, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, you got <laughs> All it. All right, all right, y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. We out. Peace, Peace. Out, brother. Bye. Peace. We hope you enjoyed your time with From the Ground Up Productions. We'll see you next time. Be sure to add our channel to your Roku list and listen to us on all streaming platforms. From the Ground Up. From the Ground Up. There's only one way to go from here.